What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Ballsy Podcast brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Sean Bass of Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. Joined in studio today by Kevin Sherrington. Evan Grant is on assignment this week. We are going to exclude him from baseball talk, which I think everybody in the room is somewhat happy with, about right That's now. And we're going to replace him with the new television voice of your Texas Rangers. It's Dave Raymond. Dave, thanks for taking a little bit of time on your Tuesday morning to talk to a couple knuckleheads. Thanks so much, sir. Yeah, man, listen, my, my pleasure, but with uh, the, the little disclaimer that Evan Grant, I am not. So we'll just, we'll start with that. Well, that's, that, that's a, uh, that's a check mark in your, in your, uh, yeah, your column. That's, that, that's not a bad thing there, Dave. I am enjoying your work. I do want to say that. I do want to, before we get into some baseball-y things, I just want to talk about your adjustment and your transition. I mean, you were, you know, brought to the audience last year a little bit. Now you're, you're the main guy. I'm just curious about how you're feeling. Are you feeling at home now as the voice of the Rangers on the TV side? I am, you know, uh, and I would tell you last year was a little different because I was in and out, right. and I think that took more adjustment than I really anticipated. You know, when you're gone for stretches at a time, man, it, uh, you feel really detached. And, in fact, we just on that last road trip, we had two games that were nationally broadcast on Saturday and Sunday in Detroit, and so I didn't do those games. Well, they almost don't exist. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. I, I, I follow the team. I'm around it every day, and it's like, yeah, I remember. You have Cosma hit a home run. Darvish battled to, uh, uh, you know, five rough innings. Uh, you know, but it it's, it didn't happen because I wasn't really there. Right. So it's really hard. That was really hard last year. This has been a joy, and, I mean, it's, it's what you all, you know, you shoot for when you're in my business is to be there every day, be a part of the – ongoing story and and so it's been it's been a blast and and you know as well as as we do part of being a a great broadcaster is having a comfort level of who you're with and you know this year you're in a a a bit of a unique situation for for a play-by-play guy you're uh paired up with tom grieve which the the fan base and everybody here knows and loves it's mr ranger then there's a new voice along with yourself and cj nikowski just talk about how uh there's some similarities or some differences there as far as creating and you know meshing and forging a good chemistry yeah, it's a, it's a good question, and it's it's kind of, you know, you could view it as a challenge or you can take it as an opportunity. And and for me, you know, spending time with Tom Greve is like the greatest thing ever, and I think that comes through over the air. I think that's why fans love him so much. He is so just genuinely a good person. He is that guy that you, you, you know, I have three sons, and I, I look at my boys and I think, you know, who would I like them to grow up to be? Tom Grieve, man. Grow up to be Tom Grieve. Accomplished, kind to every human he ever meets. Just genuinely pleased to be involved in whatever he's in at that moment. He is such a great human being. I love being with him. And I, 
the, the, the last road trip we did together, man, he, he regaled me with all kinds of stories on and off the air. And that is why I got into the business years ago anyway. I just love that connection to years gone by. So he's, he's delightful and just so much fun to be around and, and, and be with. And then there's CJ, and I look at my kids and I say, kids, if there's one guy I don't want you to be when you grow up, <laughs> it's CJ Nikowski. <laughs> yeah, don't big time people. Come on. Don't get in Twitter fights. Don't do any of that stuff. I'm kidding, no, of no, course. No. You know, CJ, CJ's great, man. He's a left-handed pitcher, and he's a left-handed pitcher. You know, I mean, he's got that personality. He's got a devil-may-care attitude about life. But, you know, a guy who had such high expectations, a first-round pick, um, got to the big leagues really, really quickly, and then had to battle. I mean, just battled his whole career to stick around and contribute, but played for, I think he told me the other day, 40 different managers. That's amazing. 40 different managers. Uh, wow. wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That is yeah. a, a lot. A lot of experience, a lot of background, and, and just a fun fun guy. You know, we're we're more peers than anything else, so it's, it's been a blast working with him, too, and I've known him for a while. That's helpful. So, Dave, let's let's talk about what's going on with the Rangers, up and down. Um, you know, it's it's kind of the uh, – it seems like uh, they're, they're going through cycles of, of what goes wrong. When the when the hitting comes back, then the bullpen goes. Uh, and, and, then, and then when uh, either one of those is, is working – uh, we have a little bit of a letdown in the in the starting rotation, uh, as happened with Martin Perez on um, Monday night. So, looking forward here, uh, what is any kind of promise that these things are all going to correct themselves? Well, I think I, I think the biggest uh, silver lining or point of optimism has to be the the notion of getting Beltre back as they did last night. Uh, getting Carlos Gomez back hopefully soon. He seemed to, he was uh, a little sly yesterday when we were talking to him. Uh, I got the sense that he feels he's going to be back sooner than later. Um, and, you know, and, and he was a big contributor when things were going well. So I think getting those two back will be big. I think when Cole Hamels returns and, and uh, A.J. Griffin is back to full health and Tyson Ross joins the team. I mean, you, know, you look at a lot of guys that they still have to add to the mix. Um, I think you can see where things can get a whole lot better. The fact is they've treaded water. You know, they're staying right around 500 these days. Um, and, and maybe we just have to take that as good and hope that once they get fully healthy, things can start to click. I think having Adrian Beltre back is going to have enormous repercussions up and down the lineup. You'll see uh, – I think we'll see more out of Nomar Mazzara. I think his numbers are going to improve. He's going to see better pitches. He's going to be pitched differently. Um, I think it could make a difference for Rugnet Odor. So I think there are a lot of positives that come along with not just getting his production back in the lineup, but the effect that Beltre has on other guys in the lineup as well. So I still think there's plenty of hope. The reality is, though, they're in a bit of a hole to a team that is playing <laughs> phenomenal baseball. They won't lose those Astros. They scored 11 runs in the eighth inning on Memorial Day. I'm sorry. It's it, an 11-game deficit now. It's just getting silly with what they're doing. And I guess this has been building for a number of years now. We all referenced the 2017 Sports, uh, Sports Illustrated cover of, oh, the world champion in 2017. But they've added some veterans. Their pitching is now healthy. And that young core is just getting better and better. And I don't if you've been paying attention, this shouldn't be a huge surprise with them getting off to a monstrous start. 
No, I, I don't think it should be. I think we all looked at their, their offseason moves and saw, you know, of course, the core of young players that they had and thought, wow, you know, they could be pretty good. The question really was going to be, would Dallas Keuchel bounce back off a bit of a down year last year for them, or was he on a downward trajectory? Well, he's bounced back. I mean, he's been really good. Um, you know, they've, the McCullers has been pretty good. They, they, you know, they've got decent pitching. They're not real deep in the pitching, but they've got pretty good pitching. And if they can stay healthy, then you feel like, you know, you're, you're, in, uh, you're in quite the dogfight because that lineup is stout. How about yesterday they scored 11 runs in that eighth inning and they decided that wasn't enough. We'll score <laughs> yeah, we need more. Yeah. Just, keep, just keep adding on. They're really, that's a really good team. And their farm's in a certain situation to where they're deep enough if they need to go make a move to fortify their roster or their rotation or their bullpen, whatever they need to do come July 31st, they have the assets to do that, which makes them even more scary. Right. No, they, you know, and they're going to look. I mean, they're going to be all in. I think they were a little disappointed last year. And even talking to A.J. Hinch last year, I, I could tell he was a little disappointed that they didn't just make some small move if, to do nothing more than send the signal to the team that was there, hey, we're trying. But they didn't. And, and I think that really reverberated in that clubhouse and contributed to their, their kind of fade at the end. But, uh, no, this year they're going to be all in. When they started this process years ago, they said 2017 was the target year. And I think people maybe got a little bit ahead in, in recent years. You talk about Sports Illustrated and others. But uh, this was the target. And they, they'd hoped that some of the young guys would mature by now and that they'd be able to take off. And doggone it if they didn't plan it out pretty darn well because it looks like a nice plan right now. Yeah, I don't have any doubts about what they're doing on the field right now, Dave. Uh, the, the question for me is Jim Crane and his commitment to spending money when they have to. You know, of course, a lot of these young guys that are really and, – and, and adding the veteran guys was a, was a huge move to me because I think that's what, one of the things they really lacked. But the best players on the team are still those young guys, and they're all pretty cheap right now. Um, when when it comes to doing things like adding uh, people at the deadline who'll be more expensive, I'm, I'm gathering, and then going forward when these contracts start to come up, are you confident that Jim Crane is the kind of owner who's going to back that up? Well, you know, you can ask that question to a lot of people, and I'd be interested to see what kind of responses you'll get because we don't know, right? He hasn't really been in this spot yet. He stripped it down to nothing. And they kept the cost really, really low. So we know he has that ability, right? We know yeah, he has that right. mentality. And, and, but he, they did it with a, with a plan in mind. And so you, you, you know, you, everybody gave him a pass. But now you are at that point where it's sort of put up or shut up, and it will be interesting to see how he reacts. Listen, he's, he's the, the, the face of the ownership group. It is a very, very large ownership group. And with a lot of minority owners. And so I, I don't know. I don't know how difficult that will be for them. I don't know how interested he is in, in plunking down a ton of money. And then I think the other question really is going to be, uh, how much do they need to spend? Uh, when these guys come ready to sign, that's going to be an issue, right? Will they pay Correa? Will they pay some of these other young young guys, Springer, etc.? So um, we'll find out in due time. But it's only only Jim Crane and that large ownership group really know the answer to that question yet, and I'm sure they're going to wait as long as they can to have to make those decisions because that cannot be easy. 
well, and there's no question in my mind because when you when you talk about with the the Rangers and what the Rangers are are doing and what they hope to do is that uh, this this uh, core with the Astros has been more successful. The young core has been more successful so far than than the young core of the Rangers. And so uh, if these, you know, the Rangers got to pick their game up some here, uh, these young guys do, for them to be competing with the Astros over the next three, four, five years. Primarily Rugnet Odor, who's been just scuffling all year. Yes, no question about it. So, uh, well, but, but, but look at look at some of the ages, though, right? Look at the ages of some of the guys you're talking about on the Rangers. What's Rui? Twenty three years old. Yeah, right. uh, Mazar's twenty two. Gallo's twenty three. I mean, these are these are really young guys who are really. I, I would I would think in the very beginning of some of that big league development. Rugi's already done some incredible stuff. Even Nomar's done some big time stuff, and we're seeing. Gallo's promise come to fruition a little bit this year. So I just think there's a lot of development left on those three in particular. And, you know, you can start naming some others like Jose LeClerc in the bullpen. Um, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll have to see. I, it, it's, it's a little early to say that they haven't held up or don't stand up necessarily to what the Astros have trotted out there. The Astros have some great young players, but I certainly wouldn't discount what the Rangers have. What's it like for you, Dave, to step into your role now as the main TV play-by-play guy in a time of, and look, there's still a lot of season left, but this could very well be a transitioning type season, depending on how things happen with a very tough schedule ahead in June, uh, the U Darvish issue, uh, Jonathan LaCroix is free after this year. There's going to be some decisions made over the next few months. What's that been like for you as far as you know stepping into a franchise that's played past 162 in six out of the past seven years? Yet there's this young crop, but then there's the questions of you know could this roster turn over even more even this season? How, how difficult is that for you to uh, I guess manage your own expectations and the fan base's expectations stepping into a new gig? Yeah, well, uh, you know, Sean. I mean, those are those are big questions, right? And and uh, a lot of that stuff, all that stuff, really, is so far beyond my control. I, I mean, it's baseball is just such a funny sport, right? Because you look at your team, and I, I think most fans do this, and you start saying, like, all right, maybe maybe Martin Perez hasn't hit full stride yet, but, boy, I can see the promise. He's got that good sinking fastball. He's got good velocity on it. He looks healthy. I can see all the reasons why it could click for him real soon. And so I will cling to that hope. And I cling to the hope that Hugh Darvish stays a Ranger. And I cling to the hope that Matt Bush is, is indeed what we have seen this year, an unbelievable power arm and good closer at the back end of the bullpen. And I'll cling to the hope that Jose LeClerc, when he gets healthy, will be back and just like the guy we have seen for the first 10 appearances this year. And I think that's what fans do. I can tell you Man, the, the, the roller coaster of highs and lows that fans go through, we do the exact same thing on the broadcast side. We, we feel it and see it the same way. It has been a rough week. I can, I can tell you, it is just not, you know, that's not fun. Um, and we had just come off that stretch of 10 straight or 11 out of 12 where it was like, it was unbelievable. Right. You knew they were going to win every day. And it was just, it was kind of cool as the game wore on. You're like, oh, sweet. It's going to be a really big late comeback. Those are exciting. And, and you just knew it was going to happen. So we, you know, we go uh, on that same roller coaster because we don't know. We don't have any more control or, for that matter, you, you know, insight 
and what their moves are necessarily going to be than anybody else. We just have to react to it. And it, it may sound weird, Dave, but I felt for you having to be deprived of Adrian Beltre for 51 games because when you show up to the park, you know, even, you know, you've called a million games, but you still have to get geeked knowing there's a Hall of Famer out there playing third base. And with the, you know, uncertainty of Darvish's future with the club, I feel bad that, you know, who knows, that these could be a precious handful of starts you're going to get to call of his. And I know that might not make too, <laughs> a big difference to uh, most of the people watching or, or even other people that are thinking about the club. But still, I, I, know, I know what players like that do for your job and, and how, how big of a charge you get from it. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt, man. I mean, and think of some of the great players in the game right now. A lot of them, you know, the young players get so much attention, whether that be a guy like Trout in Anaheim or Bryce Harper in Washington and many, many others. But when you have the pleasure of working with a guy who is at the end of a Hall of Fame career, a no-doubt slam-dunk Hall of Fame career, and still is playing at that level, Man, it is, it is a joy and a pleasure beyond what you could have ever expected. He is so amazing to watch, whether it's the big moments or even the little moments. Like his hit yesterday, two strikes, he battled, and then finally just trying to hit to the right side and move a runner up. He wasn't trying necessarily for a hit. He was trying to put the ball in play to the right side. Got a hit out of it. Uh, rewarded, as he has been so many times in his career, for doing the right thing. But it's that little stuff, it's the huge, huge numbers that he's put up and the names that he is now, you know, marching down in his career. Guys like, you know, Willie Keeler coming up next on the all-time hit list. You know, it's just that tie to history and the glory of this game, man. It is, it is something to behold, and it is an honor. I mean, I have to tell you, it is like the greatest honor to be around guys like that. How much thought have you put into that 3,000th hit and how you're going to react when it happens? You know, I haven't yet, and and I, you know, I have hopes for how I will handle it, which will be just to capture the moment and and let the the pictures and the sounds of the moment speak for itself, and you know, put some little tag on it. But I have no idea what that's going to be yet, and I haven't given it a whole lot of thought, and no doubt it will sneak up on me because of that. But uh, uh, you know, the, the the key they always say is just to just to react, just to respond, and, and, and let, the, let the moment play out however it will. His journey is going to be exciting this summer, man, and, and um, I can't wait for that moment, but, but we certainly are all going to have to wait for that moment. Yeah, yeah we're 57 away. It's, uh, we're looking at a couple months. Uh, just curiosity as far as uh, the rest of this season goes, uh, like, let's say if things don't go well in June, and I've always been curious from like a production standpoint or a broadcast standpoint, how much work goes in behind the scenes as far as, you know, taking different angles to keep the uh, keep the audience with you. Say if, you know, this club's 15, 20 games back, if Houston continues to run away with it and the wild card's not looking too good, how much work, how much extra work has to go into uh, sprucing things up for a broadcast or a telecast in your case? I mean, there's a, there's a pretty substantial amount, right? And um, that's, one of the great things about doing TV, I'd always kind of avoided TV in my career because I enjoyed the radio so much and there was so much freedom. And I thought, ah, oh, that, that TV, that's probably too confining, too many other people. But the reality is it's such a team broadcast every day. You know, there's me and, the, and, and my analyst, but man, there are producers and directors and 
so many people in the truck doing, I mean, just scrambling like mad to come up with great angles, great conversation pieces, great visuals for us. Um, and when things are getting a little rough, you know, we, we put our heads together and come up with the angle that would, would be interesting that night and, and hopefully a little bit positive. And so, no, there's, there's definitely, man, there's definitely a little bit of, of energy and effort that goes into that. And I'm amazed on a daily basis. Uh, the producers that we have, Mike Leary and Mike Dressman, man, the stuff they come up with, I'm like, man, you got, that's great. That's really good stuff. Yeah, we we got to go with that today. And it makes the job easier. It makes the job a lot easier, I think, for everybody. But just to be able to bounce stuff off one another and then and then inevitably really good stuff just sort of emerges from it. So it's a fun process, one that I did not really understand that much coming in, but have really enjoyed you know, learning and being a part of since I've taken this job. Dave, you were great to come on. You know, we, we were a little bit worried about whether you – what time is, you know, after a game, like I don't know if you stay up to like 4 o'clock in the morning after a game, and then and then you get like, you know, 10 hours of sleep, 5 hours of sleep, 3 hours of sleep, uh, you know. So I, I was a little worried about what time that you could do this, but we're so glad you could work it. And that was game. a long game last night. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> Three was. hours and 48 minutes. Yes. How about that? That, that was, and that's, that's the way the Rays play, man. So we'll just have to hang in there and – and do battle with them. But, no, it's always a pleasure, guys. I've been busting your chops, Kevin, for a while about getting on the Ballsy Podcast. I, I didn't know what it was going to take. Obviously, it, it, it takes Evan being, quote-unquote, on assignment. <laughs> well, you know what? If this is all it takes is to get you on is to get Evan off. Yeah, we're all for it. We're all for <laughs> it. Let's do this every week. Everybody, everybody will be yelling for that. <laughs> Dave, thanks so much for the time. You're doing an awesome job. I'm really enjoying the call, with whether it be with Tag or with CJ, and uh, I can't wait to tune in tonight at 7.05. Right on. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it, guys. All right, Dave. See you. Thanks so much. There he goes. That's Dave Raymond, your TV play-by-play voice of the Rangers, his first time on the Ballsy Podcast. I'm sure we'll talk to him again. And, uh, boy, just I really enjoy the insight. And forgive me if I nerd it out on the broadcast side well, of things. Well, a little but, bit, a little bit. But I, I do feel <laughs> that, you know, that that is a very difficult situation for a guy like that to step into because, you know, there's people that were very loyal to Steve Busby who no longer has that job. And before that, there was people that uh, really loved Josh Lewin as he held down the job for like six or seven years. And, you know, in this day and age where every Everybody's a critic. Everybody has that platform to uh, just take shots. You know, being the new guy in town, that's that's a really tough job in this particular day and age. And I think he's he's handled it uh, uh, quite well. And he, I feel like as he goes uh, on and on, as these games roll by, he's forging a great chemistry with both Tag and CJ. Well, you know, here's one of the things I found out uh, early on in my career uh, was that I, I worked in a, one of the papers I worked at. There was a guy there, and he was a big-time homer and, and frankly, was terrible. And but there were people who loved him. Yeah. And uh, and what you find out is it doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are. There are going to be people who love you and people who hate you. Yep. And so you just have to learn to live with that. And mm-hmm. I and I think that's why you, you and stay off social media. These stay days. off social media. And you answer Jeez. to yourself. You know, you you say to yourself, I'm not trying to be what somebody else wants me to be. I'm going to be myself. Yep. And if if this is in a, if that's not good enough, then I'll just move on to something mm-hmm. else. But I do think that yeah, it's uh it's a difficult thing to do what he had to do last year 
And then, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I thought it was unfortunate that Buzz wasn't kept on in the right kind of role. Right. I thought that Buzz, Buzz had stayed on as an analyst. Oh, I, think that he I mean, his dearth of knowledge as a pitcher, I thought, was, uh, I mean, it, was just, it shined through whether it was color or play by play. Yeah, he was terrific, and he always knew what to, you know, to add to that. I, I wasn't as crazy about him as, as a, a play by play guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, when you've got Tom Grieve there, you, what are you going to do? And so he is Mr. Ranger. So uh, I think it was a difficult situation for uh, for the Rangers in general, and I think that uh, Dave has made the most of it and done a really good job. And I know we could have gotten into more baseball-specific things, but when you've lost six out of your last seven and <laughs> Jeff Bannister botched the seventh inning last night with how he handled the bullpen and the offense is, even though it has Beltre back, there's still some folks that are struggling. It's okay to think about something else with yeah, Ranger baseball for now, especially right. when you're staring at an 11-game deficit uh, behind the Astros. Yeah, I tell you, I don't know what they're going to do about that 11-game deficit. There's, there, there's nothing you can do. You just try to be a, a winning club if you can. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely, but I, I, you know, and there are a lot of things that are going to happen for the for the Rangers. They are going to get guys back, and then of course, it remains to be seen how good they'll be once they get back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the Astros are just so good. Yeah. I really think that they're out of sight now at Me eleven too. games at, at this point in the season, uh, at June upon us. Uh, like you would literally have to sweep multiple series against them, and then yes. play you know six hundred baseball to try to catch them, and that's so hard to do. And they and they've done that in the past. They were great against, them, but we saw. I was down there in Houston. You know, we saw what what happened there. You know, they they've really gained their confidence. That was the last thing they needed was that their confidence would be up against the Rangers, and now they have that. Yeah, when they signed Carlos Beltran this offseason, you thought, yep, that's yeah. the that, that's the Papa Smurf they needed. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's uh, it'll be. It'll be interesting to see what they do now. Now I think they're scrambling for the wild card, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see what they're going to do. And we'll see what Tyson determine. Ross has. I'm right. think Dylan G might take a turn before uh, you know everybody's healthy. Can Andrew Kashner hold it together? And you know, I, like I mentioned with Dave Raymond, I'm I'm just relishing every U Darvish start from here out, just because you never know. No, you're right. You always got to hope maybe he's going to throw a no hitter. <laughs> I would like to see one of those in a yeah, that'd be good before it's over. But but not like a Cole Hamill situation where he did it in his last game with the Philadelphia. Yeah, that, speaking of. That's about five weeks away. Yes, it is. All right, that's fun. That's some Ranger talk, and Dave Raymond was an outstanding guest. Thanks so much to him, and thanks to you, the ballsy podcast P1, for uh, downloading, tuning in, being a loyal listener. We do appreciate it. Be sure to share this on uh, social media. Uh, Just word of mouth, too. Tell your friends, and uh, we do definitely appreciate it. Thanks to Brian for making us sound good. For Kevin, I'm Sean. This has been another edition of the Ballsy Podcast, brought to you by the Morning News. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.